Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Nicaria is a brilliant teenager who believes death is a disease that can be cured after brutal and sudden murder of her brother, she embarks on a dangerous journey to bring him back to life. Inspired by Mary Shelley's classic Frankenstein, the angry black girl and her monster thematically challenges our ideas of life and death. We're joined today by the writer, director, as well as producer of this incredible film, the angry black girl and her monster. And that would be Bomani J. Story. Bomani, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here. I love so much about the film. Uh, I love the way that you're, you've been able to, as I said in the intro, modernize, update this particular st- uh, story idea and bring it a whole nother level of interpretation. What inspired you? Obviously the book. The book was very, you know, uh, monumental when I first read it. Yeah, uh, yeah like I, I read the book and I was like, this is so uh, incredible. And I felt like there was a lot of stuff that was just kind of being left on the floor um, when it came to adapting the the book in different ways. So that was the first thing that inspired me. And then the next thing was kind of just, you know, I have two older sisters and they really um, shepherded me and mentored me in my youth. So when I was constructing this character, I was I was thinking about them a lot. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's my strange love letter to my to my older sisters. So is there a little bit of Chris in 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 you? In, or you a little in, bit? <laughs> I would say the the little boy. I'd say more the little boy and uh, uh, their little brother in there. It's like he's probably more because <laughs> he's not knowing what's going on, you know. But like, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the thing about Frankenstein, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, it was in many ways prescient, not uh, for the future. It was a look towards the future as technology was beginning to to, to take hold of the imagination of people in that era. Yeah, and so what's so enthralling about your work here is we're in an, in another kind of way. We're looking at as future might not be the exact right word, but we're looking at an interpretation mm-hmm. that is completely modern in so many ways. Um, is that a fair assessment of, of what? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I definitely like, you know, uh, wanted to uh, contextualize it in a contemporary time. A reference point that I use for just the the format or like, you know, how to con- construct it, you know, was the BBC show Sherlock, you know, I was, I'm a huge uh, Sherlockian, you know, it's like, uh, it's like, I love reading Sherlock Holmes, you know, I've read them all. Uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. When I saw uh, the BBC version, um, Benedict Cumberbatch and stuff, like I was just like, oh, this is interesting. And I was like, this is how this is how you can recontextualize something. And when I was looking at this, I was kind of like, okay, that's the gold standard. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, so. First of all, I love the look of it. I want to get into the look. I want to look at, I also want to talk about the sound design. I thought the sound in this film was awesome. It was incredible. Yes, but, please, I can uh, shout their names out, please. Uh, yeah, okay, and the cinematography, yeah. there's just so much about the, the look, the design, the all of it. As I said to you, you put a lot on this incredible actress, Leia DeLeon Hayes, who plays the part of Vicaria. Yeah. What was it about when you 
saw her tape? What was it about her when you met her in person that you felt you could do this with her? Obviously, like her craftsmanship and and her ability to humanize these lines and just her, I don't know what the word is, but you know, I'm just as she can act. Like (laughs) 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 she can act her ass off. You know, like I saw her do her audition. Once we brought her back in for uh, chemistry reads and stuff like that, she just like we mar- I marathoned her, you, you know, to kind of see if she had the wind for something like this, because, you know, it's going to be very, you know, we only had 20 days of shooting and I needed to know that she has the skill sets, but can she endure, you, you know, because we're going to be under duress because we don't have a lot of time. And she just kept pulling stuff out of her toolkit, like her well is so deep, you, you know, of everything that she can do. So I was like, oh, she's, you know, she's got it. You know, she's got it. Yeah. She's daughter. She's mm-hmm. sister. She's mm-hmm. brilliant in terms yeah. of her. Like she has to be able to convey that she understands what she's talking about with yeah. this kind of way that she wants to go about hearing death mm-hmm. and all of it. And uh, and she, yeah, she's absolutely amazing. And as well as there's everybody in the film just does a remarkable job. I love Aisha Riley Brooks. Is it Stitt? Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. She's wonderful. The the entire cast is is really good. Even uh the the villain, Kango, who's played by Denzel Whitaker, all I just I can't see enough. The cast is just uniformly really, really good. I could go on. Congrats on cast working with your casting director on all the different characters you get here but i want to get to the the filmmaking part because okay radio i gotta talk talk shop here yeah Uh, a lot of stuff shot at at night a lot of stuff inside indoors i can see now where most of it was in a fairly centralized location so that helps with a ton Mm. 20 day uh shoot but uh looking at the look of the film what were you going for because i and i'm gonna be maybe a little geeky here but a lot of the close-ups reminded me of Spike Lee a little bit. It's kind of the doing the right thing. Kind of there was some <laughs> stuff there that kind of popped. You know, when you when you yeah. got to a close-up, it sort of popped. Tell me a little bit about just sort of the your your feel, the tone and the and the look of it. What were you going for? Yeah, no, man. Like um, I really wanted that. I I wanted a texture. You, you know, I wanted a, a texture for the film, and I wanted a look that wasn't necessarily that you couldn't put your finger on, but wasn't necessarily like um, I wanted it to look a little bit different than everything else. You, you know, my incredible DP, Daphne Quinn Wu, shout out <laughs> to Daphne, you know, she brought us back these uh, this week. Uh, we always call it like Japanese glass, you know, as these Japanese uh, lenses from the 70s mm-hmm. and, you know, her. And then she worked with our incredible colorist, uh, Ariana, Shining Star, and they just crafted this incredible look for the film. I know that I was referencing um, a lot of stuff like some classic 70s horror, like, you know, Black Christmas and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Alien was up in there, you know, some things from The Shining. Like I was kind of just like looking at those things to really kind of find a distinguished look for this. Because one of the things I loved about those movies is like they just had a a texture to them, you, you know. Uh, she she smacked it out of the park, you know. It's like she, you know, it's, uh, I have no complaints. Yeah. Well, it was bold the the color in the in the film again the color palette in the film that so those red rooms the the just really it's the horror it's the horror part of the film and that's another thing this is a horror film yeah. but it's not it's, <laughs> it's there's a lot it it weaves its way through that 
to me, I think that like horror is a very expansive genre. You, yes. you know, I think people, I think people understand that, but I sometimes I think people forget about how, how expansive of a genre it can be. Like, you know, when I think about Silence of the Lambs, which is a, you know, which is a horror film, but there's also just like this engaging storyline that's, <laughs> you know, that's happening in this drama with this girl, you know, with her childhood fears and stuff like that that are coming into full effect. For me, it's like I always think that, you know, no matter what genre you're playing in, like I do think a holistic touch is always beneficial, you know, making people be able to laugh, be scared, be disgusted, uh, experience drama, exhausted, like all those things, like, uh, you know, be annoyed. <laughs> yeah. All those things, yeah. you know, I feel like can play into it, but I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Yeah. To that reference, you're talking about bringing a story in and really kind of connecting, but in a way, the horror is kind of front and center for for the film. I look at The Shining. The Shining is another example of where it's it's always there. It's kind of lingering in the background of something's about to happen. And yeah. that's, that's a bit of what this feels like as well. If I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with Bamani J. Story. He is the director, writer, producer. This wonderful film, The Angry Black Girl and Her Monster. It's going to be premiering on June 9th, and it's going to be the full spectrum. We're going to be able to get a theatrical release. We're yeah. VOD. We're streaming. We're all over the place. And uh, so June 9th, be looking for this. Now I want to get to what to me is so often overlooked it's so often so important in a film and that is the sound design the sound in this is incredibly important yeah Talk about yeah, yeah my boy grant mears um he he came in and, and did the sound you know and um he just did such a a fantastic job with the uh with the sound design you know really just brought another another level to it i, I was incredibly uh you know lucky to have him on board he like i was always talking to him i was like yeah david lynch is our best friend well <laughs> doing the sound <laughs> so so are are these conversations in real time as you're making the film or is it post is it all is there a mix of when you're thinking about sound or whatever element of the film is it all post or is it do you have kind of a mix as you're going through the project itself in the in the shooting how does that um, I mean this is the boring answer I mean because it's a little bit of everything for me it mostly is happening during post you know it's like because you're shooting and you, of course you have visions of what you want you, you know it's just like and then as the edit unfolds you know and as the sound unfolds like certain things start speaking to you you, you know and certain elements start coming up and particularly during that, you know, dream sequence that we have, like, you know, he put that, the droning and like the mixing of how the drone changes and, you know, that boiling under underneath, you know, to make you feel uncomfortable, like all those elements to it really kind of just started falling into place as, as he was designing it, you know, and presenting ideas and stuff like that. So uh, elements like that were just kind of just like, we're, we're feeling it out, you know, because a lot of movie for me, at least, like there is a technical execution of like a vision from the jump, you know, like there, there is that, but there's also just what's feeling appropriate, what ideas are coming to us in the moment, you know, and so that's what, and that's one of the beautiful things I love about filmmaking across the board, you know, even down to just like with the actors, you know, it's just like where something might pop into our heads and be like, oh, try it this way, you know, or do, you know, do it this way. And you know, that's in the moment that can't planned. So it's like a lot of, um, a lot of sound with the, when I was working with Grant, 
in the studio, you know, we were finding uh, strange things to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you have to be open to that moment, those moments, right? Yeah. right? I mean, that's that's part of being a filmmaker, part of being the director is open to what is possible and maybe things you haven't considered. Yeah, no, 100%. You know, new ideas coming in is always, always awesome. It, you know, it's just like when they present new ideas that are great, that work for the story that we're trying to tell and yeah. add an effective emotion. Like, I, I love that. Congratulations on this film and congratulations just beyond that. And that is, this is a bold film. It's a, it's a film that really grabs your attention. It really, it, it demands that you pay attention to what's going on in it and all the other elements that we, we talked about. And that is, you know, the cast putting, uh, putting so much on the shoulders of a very young actor to be a, to make this a success. Those are a lot of, wow you know kind of like you really you know you gotta run the table on something like this and uh you did in this film it's really terrific terrific congratulations to you my my hats off to you for this oh man thank you yeah it was uh i believe this was leia's first like leading role and first That's time all. yeah right you know? oh, okay <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> leading role and so you know i'm just like always tell i'm like man save like 0.5 percent for me as you kind of <laughs> As you want, like to say, save a little bit for your boy in the future, you know, like her, you know, they were, yeah, I couldn't be happier with my cast, all of them, you know, between her, Riley, Chad, Denzel, Amani, you know, Ellis, you know, he came in and smashed things and Keith, like they were all just uh, phenomenal to work with. And, you know, it's like, uh, I would do it again in a heartbeat. There you go. Love hearing that. Love it. Love it. Well, Monty J. Story, the film is called The Angry Black Girl and Her Monster, writer, director, producer. Trust your instincts, Bavani. You thank you so much, very much for, for your uh, for your time here today. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. 